Hey guys, joining me today is Trip Lenier. Trip is the host of the Newman podcast, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp, which has been downloaded millions of times. He coaches entrepreneurs around the world to get out of the shallow end of the pool, redefine success, and align their work with what they were put on this earth to do. Over the years, he's designed several businesses to support a simple lifestyle focused on freedom, ease, and fun. As a podcast host, he's interviewed experts and authors from all walks of life, including Tim Ferriss, Laird Hamilton, Ken Walber, and Stephen Pressfield, just to name a few. Trip, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on here. It's great to have you. I'm super excited to talk about what it truly means to be a man in today's world. But before we do, please take a minute to fill in the gaps from that intro and tell us how did you get started on your journey of supporting men? I had been running a business. I started a media production company doing videos and music production and that kind of stuff. I started doing that when I was right out of college. So I was about 22, 22, 23. And then um, had gone through kind of an awakening of sorts a few years after that and just became voraciously interested in personal development, spiritual development. It had been this path was such a huge deal to me and I found myself alone. I wanted to be around other people that were doing this work. This was before podcasts and before blogs and all of that kind of thing. And so it was like, who else is reading the books that I'm reading? Who else is going to the meditation retreats I'm going to? Like who else is kind of living in this way? And so I started a men's group and it wasn't long after that that I just realized how much I loved being in these life-changing conversations with men. And then somebody was like, well, have you heard of coaching? You know, you could become a coach. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that meant. And so that kind of started that path there. And I think I'd always been a coach. I think I'd always been somebody that people felt comfortable talking to and I felt comfortable challenging them and encouraging them. And so it just it's always been in my DNA. It wasn't like one day I started coaching. I just, I think I'd always been doing it, like I said. So and then more and more, it just became about becoming a professional coach. And there was a whole journey along with that. So to answer your question. <laughs> All right. Trip, tell us a little bit about men's work and what does that actually mean from your perspective? Because we hear a lot about men's work, men's groups, men's coaches, and lots of guys are a little bit confused when it comes to this. So what is your angle on this? I'm glad you proposed it as my angle, my perspective on it. I think that most of us don't understand, I'll use the word nourishment or nutrition. We know if we look at it like food, most of us are trying to find nourishment and nutrition through junk in our world, whether it's bad entertainment or chasing women that are not good for us or chasing validation from things. We get little hits of acknowledgement or it feels good for a moment and then there's a depletion that comes afterwards. And most of us don't understand that the real way that we get our tank filled, you know, get our nutrition, get our nourishment is by spending time with other men, like quality time with other men, not just sitting around watching the game, not just sitting around bullshitting or complaining about the X, Y, and Z. It's really about being with other men that challenge us, that see us for who we are, that see the greatness in us and say, quit sitting on your ass, get to work. You got one life to live here. I like to think about like at your funeral, do you have enough guys to carry you <laughs> in a casket to your grave? Do you have enough close friends that would carry you there? And then what are your friends going to say if you were to die tomorrow? Would they be like, man, I, I, he sat around waiting to do X, Y, Z in his life. I'm sad he never got a chance to do that. Or will they celebrate like, man, he inspired me so much with his ability and his desire to do X, Y, Z. And he actually made it happen. And now I'm doing this in my life. To me, that's the essence of the work is stepping up our relationships with other men 
and getting fed in such a way so that we're not we're not putting that pressure on the women in our lives to give us that. It's not their job to give us that kind of nourishment and that kind of nutrition. There's a different kind of nourishment and nutrition we get from the women in our lives. But most of us are playing in the shallow end of the pool when it comes to how we relate with other men. Very well said. Very well said. I completely agree. And as you were talking, I was thinking about what does becoming a better father, husband, and generally a better man means? Because I really like the title of your podcast show, The New Man Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Where can we actually find the right balance between the macho jerk and the new age wimp? Well, I don't think it's a balance. I think that's the problem is that most of us think that we have to be somehow a blend of two types of guys that we don't really want to be. I don't want to be a spineless guy. I don't want to be somebody that walks all over me. I don't want to have to puff myself up and be a jerk in order to get what I want in life either. There's no balance between those two archetypes. It's really about what's beyond that. How can I own what I want in the world? How can I speak up for what I want in the world and have compassion and empathy for others around me and understand that my actions impact others? But it doesn't mean that I push down what I want or that I have to crush others in order to get what I want. So that's the path. Most of us in our lives kind of oscillate between these two extremes of, oh, I'm scared to ask for this, so I won't own it. I'm scared to go for this because something bad might happen. I'm scared to do this because she might get upset with me, so we push it down. Or the other side of it is, well, if I want this thing, I just mow people over and I don't have any respect for them or I don't care for them. I dominate them. I domineer them. There's just more to that. And that's the essence of the podcast. That's the essence of the work that we're doing is like we're defining what that means. And it's different for each. So many guys are just like, tell me what to do. They just want to play a role. And I have no interest in helping some guy play a role. I have no interest in helping him play something that's not truly him. So I believe that for each one of us, that path to go beyond the macho jerk of the new age, it looks different for each one of us. And that's where it takes balls. It takes real balls to go for what we really want and say, this is who I am instead of, oh, okay, maybe I need to act more like this guy so people don't judge me negatively. Absolutely, absolutely. I am thinking about the difference between coaching and Actually, a coach and a guru, because a guru is someone who you have to follow. A coach is someone who creates a space that you can then fill up with your own vision and you can really get creative. Yeah, a good coach is going to draw something out of you, whereas most of us are just looking for something like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And, and then you can decide whether I'm doing it well enough. That's most of us in, there, in our culture. I don't know how to dress. Tell me how to dress. I don't know what career I should get. Tell me what career I should get. What do I do to get a woman? Okay, I'll go do that. Like I said, the real challenge is saying, who am I really? Am I willing to show up as this person and honor that truly? That's an unfolding process. It's not like, okay, I did that and I knocked that out in 2016 and I'm done. It's an ongoing process to hone who we truly are. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Trip. please tell me a little bit about the work that you do and the guys that come to you. What are usually the most common difficulties or challenges that those guys have? The guys that I'm working with these days are people who have been on this path of personal development or spiritual development, and they've been growing on a personal level, but maybe it's starting to impact their relationships in their life or it's starting to impact their work in the world. So they're growing, but it's like, oh, well, wait a second. I don't know if I really fit in my relationship anymore. I don't feel aligned with the work that I'm doing. And so the people that I'm working with, they're not going to hide out anymore. And this is based on my own experience. I got really into personal development. I was loving it, but I also felt like I couldn't talk about it with anybody. And I also felt like in order to maintain my friendships, I had to act a certain way. I couldn't really be I couldn't bring all of me to the table. I was like, if I were to integrate my love of this work, then I'll go broke. 
So that's the fear, right? If I am going to be who I truly am, I might go broke and I might end up alone. Those are the big, crazy, scary fears. That's the monster under the bed. And so the guys that I'm working with are saying to hell with that. I want to have amazing relationships. I want to be around people that get it and bring out the best in me and I bring out the best in them. And then I also want to have a profession that aligns with this sense of mission and purpose that I have in my life. I don't want to have to live in my car in order to do what I feel like I'm on this plan to do. I want to make a great living doing this. I want to provide tremendous value and make a great impact on others. And so for me, I get excited working with those people because I can see where the work that I do with them is going to now have an impact on even more and more people. That gets me fired up. I have a very similar motivation and experience with this. Besides a men's coach, what other resources are out there for guys trying to improve their lives? Obviously, there are books, there are podcasts, but what about relationships? What sorts of relationships could guys try to develop in order to be supported in this journey of becoming more and more self-aware and growing as a person? I think if guys start to understand, there's a myth that we buy into, which is whatever challenge I'm going through, I'm the only guy going through this. I'm the only one. I'm just amazed at how many guys that I meet and they're like, so I'm the only one out of billions of people on the planet that's going through <laughs> challenge XYZ. It's like, wow, you're really, yeah, you're so unique. Wow. I'm, I must feel so privileged to meet you. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Yeah. But I have to come clean. I used to think that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Right. So it's good to laugh at it. And then how do you use that? What if it wasn't true? What if it wasn't true that you were the only guy that's dealing with XYZ? And if you start from that place, you start to realize that the people around you are probably dealing with the same shit. And this is a place where you could start a real conversation instead of tolerating, let's talk about the game some more. It's like, as if that really matters, there's something else there. We can talk about other things. It doesn't have to be therapy, but it can be real. So it's like, hey, do you ever struggle with X, Y, Z? You ever had a problem with this? You ever known anybody that deals with this and that? And start to play with these boundaries that we set up these social constructs that we set up in order to get along as men. And you may find that some guys are scared to death to have that conversation, but you might find a few that are like, thank God. Wow. We're actually talking about this stuff. This feels great. And for as much as guys like to pound their chest and talk about being tough and being manly, it takes real guts to have a conversation about something that might be uncomfortable or vulnerable. And so that would be my place to start is just, what's the thing that you think nobody else knows about or whatever. I mean, I was growing up, I was in high school. I thought I was the only guy masturbating. You know, it was like, come on, <laughs> all of my friends were wearing out their dicks. And I was like, you know, it's like, I was, oh no, man, it's just me. So it's just like, that was the culture that I grew up in. And it's busting through these ideas that we start to relax and realize, gosh, I'm way more connected instead of separate. That separateness is what creates so much anxiety and, and suffering in our world. And we realize we're more alike, we feel more connected and we feel stronger as a result. All right. And where do we start looking to find the right guys to talk about all this stuff? How can we identify them? Guys sitting next to you. That's the thing, right? Is that we come up with like, oh, that guy, there's no way. We're going to meet our resistance, right? And this is a huge part of the work that I do working with people. It's just that anything we want is going to be outside of our comfort zone. And so we start looking for the green light. We start looking for the safe thing. And it's always going to be an edge. There's always going to be some discomfort. So if there's a podcast that you like that talks about this stuff, recommend it to a friend. Hey, check this out. And what do you think about it? And maybe you guys will strike up a conversation. Maybe it's like, man, that was fucking fantastic, man. That starts the conversation. So when I first started a men's group, I had a book. I think it was a David Data book and shared it with a bunch of guys. Some guys never talked to me again. A few guys did. They said they wanted to start a men's group. So we have to take a stand at some point. Are we going to tolerate this level of 
like I'm not happy here, but I'm scared to do anything about it. Or am I going to go for what I really want? And if I'm willing to go for what I really want, then that also means I've got to go through the things that make me uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. What is your opinion on being masculine nowadays? Because guys are very interested in being very politically correct. Some of them are working in the corporate world, so they are always very well taken care of. They have a fancy suit, they have a fancy necktie, they polish their shoes a lot and all that stuff, which is quite elegant and so on. But many women are saying that guys tend to become more and more feminine. They will have lotions and creams, go to a salon very often and all this stuff. So again, what does being masculine nowadays really mean? I don't know. I think there's a trap here, which is it's part of that mindset that is tell me what to do, right? So define, create this archetype for me, and then I'll just go act that way. And I see a lot of guys that try to act masculine and it's stupid. It's not real. It's not genuine. And it just looks like a guy puffing himself up and, and putting on an act. And we all we can see through it. So to me, this whole conversation around how to be masculine, there was a whole rash of things a while back about how to be an alpha male. That's like the least alpha male thing you can do is try to be an alpha male. So <laughs> okay. there's this aspect of things, which is this thing of like, tell me what to do. I don't actually listen to myself. I'm not in touch with who I am and what I'm here to express and how I'm here to express it. You might find that the most authentic thing for you to do is to wear the lotions and the creams and go to the salon. Like if that's your gig, then have the guts to own it. But if you're doing those things because you think that's what you're supposed to do in order to be liked and accepted, well, then you might want to challenge that. You might want to challenge and see if it's really true. So I think it's more of an inside out aspect of like, where do you feel most alive? Where do you feel most free? Where's your heart open? Where are you connecting with people most easily? Where's your sense of peace? And if those things, whatever the activity is, if it's lotions, if it's a tie, if it's shit rolling around in the mud on a Saturday afternoon, I don't care. Have the guts to do that stuff and own it instead of, oh, I've got to measure up to this yardstick of being masculine. I just don't buy into that. I'm much more inspired to help that guy. If his thing is to be more feminine, be more freaking feminine. I don't have a problem with that. Just go do the thing that's you instead of trying to be more masculine or manly or whatever. It's just garbage. <laughs> okay, okay. You have a very fair point of view and it's quite rare. It's not so superficial and you're obviously not very concerned with taking a part in one direction or another. So yeah, <laughs> I like your view. And speaking of masculinity, Trip, do you believe in creating rites of passages for your boys, for your sons? I don't have any sons, but I do believe I see a lot of 40-year-old boys. There's a lot of men that have never gone through that rite of passage. They don't have a relationship with death. They don't have a relationship, like real consequence in their life. I don't have an answer for that. I wouldn't be the guy that would be an expert on that. I remember reading a Robert Bly book at one point in time. He was talking about rites of passage and how a young boy at the age of 13 would probably get his tooth knocked out or a bone broken. Oh, yeah, they go through a separation with their mother. Well, when I was 13, I had a leg broken and my mother died. So I went through that. It was not a conscious thing, but I did a hell of a lot of growing up that year. I learned that things weren't always going to be fair, and I learned how cruel life could be. In a moment's notice, things could change, and I needed to take responsibility. I needed to be ready for that. I don't think that, by and large, most guys, even well into their 30s or 40s, have an understanding of that. They're still expecting to be taken care of in some way. They're still expecting that somehow life is going to be fair. They don't have anything that's really taught them how to really access the deeper, darker parts of themselves. 
They haven't made friends with that. So yes, I'm a huge proponent of that. I want to be enlightened to where that is. I know there's organizations and groups that offer such things, but I think it's desperately needed more. It's, it's, a, it's hugely misunderstood in our culture and we need more of it. Okay. And I was thinking about boys and adolescents, and you talked about guys in their 30s or 40s who are obviously stuck in previous phases of development. And an interesting question popped into my mind, and that is, do you think it's too late to try to create these rites of passage in your life after being 40 years old? No. Not at all. That's our life, right? We've all got our own path. And I think that it, it works out perfectly. If you don't hit that stage until you're in your 40s, then great. That's just the way it is. So it's better to do it than not do it. So it's never too late. Never too late. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that would suck if it was. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, it would. I mean, if like at 50 years old, still walking around with a Star Wars shirt on. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> 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 okay, see you at Comic Con next year. <laughs> I, mean, I love Star Wars no. too. It's like, come on. No, I love Star Wars you know, too. You know the guys, right? It's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Trip, as we are reaching the second part of the show, I would like to ask you a few more personal questions that will give the audience invaluable pieces of wisdom. So, are you ready for the fire round? I am. Is this like a, a venereal disease where <laughs> you, you start pissing fire? No, gets, no, you're safe. Too. You're safe. It's cool. <laughs> Here's the first question. If you are to recommend one book that every man must read, what would it be and why? My first thing is I wouldn't recommend a book. I think what a person most needs is somebody to listen to him. So I know I'm ducking the question here, but I've been given so many books in my life that probably could have changed my life and I just wasn't in a place where I could receive them. And I've also given out so many books and I've interviewed so many authors and that kind of thing. And I think if somebody's going to spend five hours reading a book, I think having somebody listen to them and really draw out what this person stands for and what they really want to do in their life, and that conversation could be an hour, would be far more impactful than a book. Most of us look to books, again, as that kind of external authority, tell me what to do. And I don't have a beef with books at all. I love books. But I think what would be most impactful is to have somebody say, what do you really stand for? What is it that you want to do in this lifetime? If You may not be able to live to be 118 one day. You may die in the next six years. How do you want to live? I believe that would be a far more impactful use of his time than burying his head in a book and the ideas that may come from there. I have to confess, I didn't see this coming, but that being said, I, I really love your answer. Absolutely. And you're the first guy in this podcast who gave me such an answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's the second one. If you had the opportunity to talk to your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give him? And what would you tell him to do differently? Um, I was afraid to love and I was really afraid to love. So there's something in there about not being afraid to love. And I was really afraid of women. I was afraid of getting hurt by women at that stage in my life. I'd, I'd had some injuries, some wounds by other women in my life at that point. And I was trying to construct my life to avoid that again, but I still desperately wanted to be in a relationship with a woman. And so I was deeply conflicted. There was a push pull there. And I think it would have been helpful to have some encouragement around like, it's okay. It's okay to love women and it's okay to allow yourself to be open to a woman again. And I needed to go through that conflict that helped me create the man that I am. But it would have been nice to have some kind of encouragement around love, making peace with that. All right. And Trip, this is the final question. And I want to ask you to share a piece of advice that your father never got to tell you, or maybe he didn't know about being a man in today's world. And I'm talking about information or advice that would have changed everything in your adult life, one that you will be sure to share with the future generation. 
Well, one thing I appreciate about my father is how much he evolved from where he grew. I knew my grandfather and I could see where my father evolved from him. And then now I can see how I've evolved from, from where my father has been. I would say that the first piece would be be willing to talk about the things that you're uncomfortable with. Be willing to talk about the things that scare you. I think that there was a, a message I got directly from him, but I, I've certainly benefited more from that. And I, I avoided that growing up. And I think there's more of encouragement to embrace the things that put you in a state of awe, meaning uh, whether it's art or powerful ideas or whatever. I, and I don't know if it was just that my father was afraid that I would just live in the clouds. It was kind of a dreamer type kid. And he was always grounding me. He was a Marine and a cop. So there was this very grounding energy, like be practical, be practical, and a lot of skepticism to things. I just see where I, I would have liked to have had more encouragement. This is what I do with my child, is to encourage her to, to really have a relationship with whatever puts her in a state of awe. So whether it's nature or art or music, like really be willing to cultivate that because it's beautiful. It's such a special thing to have. Yeah. I wouldn't let always seeking practical things kill our lust, our desire for life. I wouldn't say lust, but the real enjoyable thing. And I think my father has that. He travels a lot. They do a lot of fun stuff. But I think he was just worried about me not having a firm foundation to take care of myself. It's making peace with that. Like, yeah, go enjoy life. You don't always have to be worried about paying the bills and making sure everything's all taken care of. Make sure you go enjoy it, too. That's what I did learn from him. I would want to definitely make sure I'd carry that on. That's very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Trip, this has been great. It's an amazing episode. And before we say goodbye, I would like to ask you to tell us about the projects that currently excite you and also where can people find you? Sure. The easiest way to find me, the stuff that I have, there's just a ton of interviews on the New Man podcast. So you can find the New Man wherever you find your podcasts. There's, in addition to that, there's all kinds of resources and videos and stuff that I've created. You can find all of that at thenewmanpodcast.com. As a coach, you can learn more about the work that I do and the people that I've helped at triplanier.com. That's T-R-I-P-P-L-A-N-I-E-R. You're going to get a gist of the people that I work with. These are people that are tired of settling in whatever it is, whether it's their relationships or their careers, and they really have a sense of mission. They have a sense of purpose. They understand what they're here to do, and they're doing it. They're not making excuses. There's no more hiding. There's no more waiting. They're enacting it. What we're working on is like, how do you actually go out and create this impact in the world? How do you go out and do something that gives you a sense of meaning, but also helps you create the lifestyle that you really want? And so I don't work with a lot of people. I work with just a very few people, but the things that we're working on are where that those two things interlap, like their love of life, but then also what they do to support themselves and how they impact others. All right. Okay. So guys, be sure to reach out to Trip, and I will leave all the links in the show notes. Trip, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope to have you again on the Men's Journey Today podcast in the future. Thanks so much, Colleen. Good luck to you. Thank you. Guys, till next time. Take care. 